the idea of ward boundary reviews. Should the city of Hamilton be switching up the way its boundaries look for its wards for elections? Should certain, I mean, we right now have wards that have huge population bases and some that have small population bases. We have some that are entirely in the downtown urban area. We have some that are entirely in the suburbs. There's lots of different things in this, and there's lots of different pros and cons, I suppose, for what's going on. But pro, uh, boundary ward, ward boundary reviews is something that has been talked about a lot. But that's always seemingly been by you and me and folks out there. Now it has moved into the serious business. It's gone before Hamilton City Council, so they can begin chatting about it. Unlike us, they actually have the ability to do something about this, so it makes it a little more serious. But what should be done? There were a lot of lot of thoughts thrown around today as the uh, first, I think kind of the first step came before city council. One of those who was um, who had a lot to say about this today, Councillor Terry Whitehead. Uh, Councillor, thanks for joining me this evening. It's great to be with you, Scott, and your listeners. Uh, but just before we get into the pros, the cons, all the other things, uh, walk us through what there is this review, this process that is coming before you to look at this. What is that? Explain to people what is actually going on to this point. Yeah, and I think it helps to give a little context as well. So uh, at Amalgamation, the provincial government uh, defined um, the number of wards or councillors that would be representing the city, and they do those lines. So that uh, that happened in 2001. So what has transpired since then is that uh, every city, every municipality at some point in time, uh, is not a necessary requirement, but it's the best practice. They should be reviewing those boundaries, make sure they're still current, still being uh, representative, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's still, still uh, providing an efficient service. So what has transpired is uh, a couple of years ago, there was a group from the downtown, uh, primarily the downtown, uh, they weren't happy with the um, vote. I think it was area rating or, or something, suburbs. And uh, because it's a seven uh, councillors from the suburbs and eight councillors from the old city, and then they got the mayor, um, it didn't uh, play well. So they fig- figured there was time, I believe, that uh, it was time to have these boundaries reviewed. We have a, a one ward, uh, an agric- primarily an agricultural ward, uh, that's Rob DeSuda's area, uh, that I think has like 16,000 people, but it's got like uh, a thousand square miles. I mean, it's, it's a significant size ward. So there's the context now. Uh, we, as a result of that petition, agreed to have the review uh, go underway. We've hired a consultant, and the consultant's been out there um, uh, going from ward to ward, uh, having a series of meetings and engagement with the community. I think they said overall in the whole city, uh, just over 140 have actually participated. Um, 140 very, people? Yeah, so okay. we're talking very, very low numbers, uh, which I think is a reflection of um, the uh, the need. People, when they're not happy, will show up. You know that, I know that. Um, people are not showing up to these consultations. Now, they came up uh, uh, and indicate the first stage of that process is completed. That was the uh, report today. And the, uh, the the second and third uh, stage of that uh, is about they're about to embark on, and, and and part of that process is they will be putting out some options and, re, and for consideration of uh, these new ward boundaries. Um, so that's where we're at now, and they will be going out to, in the community, engaging. And of course, when you start drawing lines, you may get more people to, uh, um, to pay attention because clearly, uh, I know, for example, under the Municipal Planning Act. Um, 
these things, and I've read a lot of OMB hearings uh, on this matter, Ottawa particularly, uh, that you need to respect community of interest. So former communities like Ancaster, Dundas, Stony Creek, and Bembrook, and, and so forth, have some protection, and they should, in regards to the historic uh, history of those particular communities and being a community of interest. Certainly, uh, um, I would suggest that uh, agriculture community with huge uh, square kilometers of miles just for a council to serve is also uh, have uh, has a protection in regards to community of interest. So uh, what we're dealing with is currently the largest ward being Ward 7, and I think they're saying about 64,000, and the, the smallest ward being 16,000 being that agricultural ward. You take that agricultural ward out of the picture, you're now looking at probably around an average of 40,000 um, people per ward. Uh, Kevin Werner, oh. sorry, let me just jump in for a sec, because Kevin Werner from Hamilton Community News was tweeting out today from the meeting, and he says uh, Mountain Councillor Terry Whitehead says he doesn't have faith in ward boundary review and how it's being conducted. So what is, when we look at the way that it's being drawn or the review of how it's looking, what is the problem in your mind with how it's being done to this point? Well, there's two things. One is... Uh, if you want to optimize ward boundary review, you need to ensure that you understand um, some of the current taxing policies. And ha- the city of Hamilton, and you know, hopefully uh, we'll resolve this in, in, in the number of years to come, but we have area rating uh, of transit. So the outlying areas do not pay uh, the same level of uh, the dollars for transit as the, w- the old, old wards. So what happens is you, uh, if you want to optimize, and, and there's good examples in Ward 8 where scenic woods make sense to uh, come into Ward 8 and, or, and then put some out towards 7 and you know, sort of move things along. But you can't really do that because the, uh, you can't have a council representing a community of two different tax brackets because you'd be in conflict every time you went to try and debate on behalf of one side, you're, you'll be hurting the other. So that wouldn't be a good representation. So that matter needs to be uh, understood. And secondly, and more importantly to me, is that the Planning Act and the Ontario Minister Board has clearly identified community of interest. We call, uh, in this report, in this consultation, they're calling community of interest and diversity. Um, that's a bit confusing for uh, many people because they, they don't understand that. And I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you have a, a community of, uh, a fairly significant Latino community. And... Uh, you have uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, communities all the way around it. Um, that would be a community of interest, and um, it's not one of diversity. It's one of, of, of you know of reflecting a certain ethnicity that they need to have a voice and need to be re- represented. So uh, that, I think the term that they're using in the consultation isn't consistent with the Planning Act, and it should reflect what OMB. Uh, decisions have been, and that is a community of interest. So it doesn't confuse uh, voters or people that are participating in these um, these planning uh, processes uh, for the defining of the new wards. I think that, Terry, when, when a lot of people are talking about this, and, and I, I understand, obviously, that there are great complications, and you've just pointed out two of them right off the top of your head there, but I think the one thing that so many people are looking at this and thinking about is, and I think you alluded to it today, uh, directly or indirectly in the meeting, there seems to be, and you've just touched on it now, there seems to be a really strong divide on so many votes between the downtown urban councillors and the suburban mountain councillors. It seems like almost everything is either exactly or pretty close to divided along those lines. And so people are saying, is there a way... We could redraw these boundaries, redraw these wards that makes it less likely that 
it's downtown versus upstairs or whatever else, that there's a way to make it a big city rather than little fiefdoms. So I can tell you that um, um, that is not the case. It was the case uh, certainly in the the first number of years of amalgamation because of the distrust, uh, the forced amalgamation. uh, It was still um, a lot of angry people in the outlying areas. And a lot of votes broke down that way. I can tell you, uh, if you take a look at Council the last eight years, that's no longer the case. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that uh, a lot of the mountain councillors are, uh, uh, have voted equally with the suburbs on many issues. Uh, so uh, you don't have that clear uh, delineation anymore, and I don't think anyone can point to it, and, and I don't think there's any evidence that would even suggest that at this point in time. You're seeing a good mix of, of votes now, and, and uh, regardless of where you are geographically on issues. So uh, the only time you will see that strict division is on issues such as um, taxes, where you're you're uh, in in the outlying areas. There's still um, we get a break on transit on area rating, and clearly uh, the, those councillors are representing their community, and they don't want to be increasing taxes for uh, what they call services they're not receiving. And uh, the balance of uh, of council, those original eight wards. Our, you know, on the mountain is playing full pot for transit, but we don't get the same level of transit as lower city. So uh, we could customarily say, look, we've been paying this all along. We believe in transit, and the outlying areas uh, should be paying the same. Now, having said that, that would be a very divisive issue uh, for the outlying areas, and it would be understandable. Uh, and it's not based on them being outside. It's based on the tax policy uh, that they would be fighting and voting as a block. Uh, on that issue. But other than that, I can tell you that all other issues, it's been pretty uh, uh, mixed uh, in regards to the voting counts. There are some, though. I mean, the LRT is not exactly, but largely along those lines, is it not? The voting where uh, things are right now? Well, uh, Lloyd Ferguson and Ancaster are supporting it. Right. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, the majority of council uh, in the lower city, uh, w- with the exception of Councillor Collins, is not. Right, and then on the mountain, uh, I can say that uh, the majority of council on the mountain certainly um, has real reservations about LRT. No question about that. But see, it's not dividing strictly on those lines anymore. What? You have got a council in the lower city that's not supporting it. You got a council in Ancaster that is. Yeah, no. I, I, there's and listen, and, and we all know there are always uh, going to be exceptions for sure. I mean, and, and we see them here, and, and for the reasons that they feel strongly about, they're doing that. Do you believe, though, honestly? As a councillor, and you've been a councillor for a number of terms now, is there honestly is there any councillor that truly would want their ward to be redrawn, especially someone who has been in office for a number of years? Because clearly, uh, and you've heard this too, clearly you and other councillors who have been successful getting reelected over and over again have a connection with the people that have revoted you well, in all the time. Well, and I think the issue you're asking me that question. I mean, clearly we become very uh, well and fam- uh, uh, very strong and very familiar with the issues of the ward. So I, right. the, the real question is, if that's the driving reason for doing it, then um, um, are, is, is that enough to try the reason for uh, changing ward boundaries? And I would suggest strongly that uh, I don't think you would get the same, necessarily the same level of service uh, in those circumstances. Having said that, that is not the that shouldn't be the driving force. I mean, the reality is is that I have no issue uh, if they want to take a chunk of Ward Eight out. I mean, I still would uh, uh, run in a good chunk of Ward Eight. Uh, I don't think that would change any outcomes. Uh, I mean, it's all based on performance, and uh, you know we've had a lot of incumbents uh, go down in the last number of years. Um, so if you're not performing, people will boot you out. 
Uh, I think what I'm hearing clearly from a lot of constituents is we don't need more council councillors, we don't need more wards, and we don't need to be spending more money. So the question is, if we're going to find those wards, maybe what we should be doing instead of thinking about shrinking wards, uh, maybe we should, be, we should we should we should be increasing wards. And if you do that, you could actually eliminate councillors. Uh, sorry, you said decreasing. You just broke up for a second. Not increasing, decreasing possibly. The number of no, councillors. In, in, increasing. For example, in Toronto and, and Burlington, you're looking at around uh, uh, 58,000, 60,000 people per ward. You're looking uh, at provincial ridings between 100 and 120,000. Um, what would be uh, uh, efficient size in regards to uh, council? You know, right now, I would say I'm right at that efficient size at, at 53,000. Um, so the question, and then Ward 7, I think, is 63,000. So the question, and then you've got uh, other wards at 38,000, 40,000. So what is the ideal number uh, in regards to efficiency, understanding the community of interest and all those other issues, um, and land demarcations and those kinds of things? Uh, so I don't think you would see dramatic changes uh, when you talk about ward boundaries, and, and I don't think anyone would suggest that ward boundaries is about uh, well, we, we, we're, we're not happy with the incumbent, so uh, let's shake it up a bit. I don't think that's the rational, no, or, uh, no. The rational at all. I, no, and I agree with you there. Uh, but I also, again, I do wonder, uh, not speaking necessarily of you, but if, if what you just suggested, of we could actually reduce the number of councillors, I I personally would find it hard to believe that a lot of councillors would vote for that because of the possibility that they could be one of the ones that is reduced. I would be, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but I would be surprised if there was a lot of support for that around council. Well, I can tell you, well, I don't know. It's never been uh, tested. I'm sure that there'll be some that'd be threatened by it, but I, I certainly wouldn't be one. And I can tell you that uh, there's, in Burlington, there's six councillors representing over 200,000 people, so you do the ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have more councillors uh, per capita than Burlington, um, and certainly Toronto or any other, a lot of other communities. So the question is, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking at, well, maybe uh, Ward 8 and, and Ward 7 are too large, and we need to create another uh, ward. Uh, but that, I think that was more about politics and, and uh, shifting of power between the suburbs and the inner city versus... Uh, a practical issue in regards to representation, I would counter that and, and say that I personally believe that there's room to actually shrink uh, the amount of councillors and actually increase uh, uh, populations uh, to to run the city efficiently. And I think you can get, you know, we got 15 now. I think you could do it with probably nine, Madam Mayor. I'm, I'm liking the way you're thinking, councillor. I am. I mean, why not? If we can, and it's more money saved for the city, and it's uh, no. I think I think it's a good idea. Just before I go, because I just got about a minute left here. What is the next step now? If if this review comes before council and council says no thanks, does it just die? What what has to happen now? So what happens is uh, this process will uh, you know lay out options and so forth, and it goes to the community, and then at some point. Uh, they'll come back with what I guess what would be uh, uh, the uh, the final options for consideration by by council. Now the council could say yay, yes, or no. We'll keep the status quo. I mean there are some issues in regards to growth. Uh, uh, Brenda Johnson's area is growing uh, rapidly, and some of the concerns we've raised is if we want to optimize the ward boundary review uh, and, and the boundaries, this might be premature. Uh, based on the population growth, uh, we might want to revisit this in another four years. And if you, you're not supposed to do it, I think it's every eight years. That is the uh, you can't do it within eight years, so we'd have to wait at least eight years. So it might be premature to do now, but it might be uh, uh, fine in another four years. So that's one of the arguments out there. Uh, but we would uh, have to make a decision, and if the decision was status quo for now, 
then uh, that would be the decision of council. Now, it doesn't prevent uh, somebody that feels that it's a wrong decision and they're being underrepresented or they can make a, a, a bona fide argument to the Ontario Municipal Board uh, that the decision of council is wrong. Uh, that did happen at, in Ottawa, and the OMB did uh, recommend uh, a change in regards to the, uh, the ward boundary. Now, the issue in Ottawa primarily was they had a significant agriculture community and they didn't have a voice and they felt strong that they should. And, uh, and they should have a seat. And they, they won that. But we already covered that off here at Hamilton with Rob Basuda. Councillor Terry Whitehead, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for the explanation. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you.